0: and hear some amazing stories along the way. Ready for a breath of fresh air? It's time for your Paradigm Shift. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift of healthcare, and thank you for listening. I'm Michael Roberts, here today with my co-hosts, Scott Seitzer and Jared Johnson. In today's episode, guys, I'd like to talk about what medical practices should be thinking about for 2021 when it comes to marketing and communication We've obviously been talking about this quite a bit in terms of, you know, adapting to all the many things that 2020 has brought. And thankfully, we are very close to the end of this year. But, you know, one of the big things that that we talked about over and over this year was just how important it is for everyone in healthcare and for practices included to keep on focusing on communicating with their patients. The whole routine has completely shifted over and over again. This wasn't one change that we weathered. It was a a variety of changes. A lot of different changes happened all year long. And man, we just needed that information all the way through to just keep guiding us on on simple things like how to get into the the facility, you know, just relying on telehealth or or whatever those options would be. But that's one of the biggest things that we take from this year, I think, as we're kind of leading into next year. That's not going away. No,
1: no, it's really not. Everybody wants this to be over. And- we're not going to be anywhere near normal for quite some time. And then what is the new normal? I guess that's going to be a new podcast down the line. But communication will be critical. We're getting better at it now. We're getting better at updating our materials, both online and old school paper regarding what to do vis-a-vis COVID and changes that are occurring. There's certainly, for everybody who's been in a Hospital or a doctor's office, hey man, you got to wear your mask and that's not going to change for a while. And uh, I think that, you know, there's two layers to this in my mind for 2021. So one layer is stay strong, guys. We have to keep wearing our masks. We have to keep communicating about what's going on with COVID. We have to still be good at extra good at doing all that. And then the other layer is gosh, when can I get back to normal from a business perspective? So there's this triage of like, I just need to take good care of my patients and make sure they're reassured. And then it's like, how do I turn the water back on, right? How do I get back to normal in terms of just getting surgeries, rescheduled, et cetera? And I do believe that the people that we have been working with who are actively marketing themselves during this crazy time, they've been quite successful because a lot of people are not marketing they're kind of hiding right now or just trying to handle all the new responsibilities of covid so i if you've got the time if you've got the wherewithal if you've got the budget i would strongly suggest that you not only communicate about what's going on in your area right now regarding covid but also (laughs) start thinking about marketing yourself if you're not doing it already
0: yeah scott you know one of the big things that we were talking about sort of before the show leading up to this is we've been through this cycle now, right? Like there are practices that had to turn off all their elective surgeries, you know, had to go through this process of really just kind of not being able to help in the same way that they're used to being able to help. And there's always been this kind of looming, Hey, that could come back. And we're certainly in that kind of phase right now, where depending on what state you're in, depending on what area you're in, like this could happen all over again.
1: Oh yeah. You know, guys, I humbly believe that it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. There are are a lot of people who have, I'll call it COVID fatigue. And so those numbers are going up, which makes it more difficult on hospitals to have elective surgeries if their hospitals are full with sick patients. I think everybody sees this vaccine, uh, vaccines, I should say. I think the Moderna one uh, has just been approved by the FDA, so yay. But it's going to be a while before we get all that. And no one's proven that Simply getting the vaccine stops you from spreading it. So there's a lot of stuff that is going to be happening over the next six months. But hey, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it will get better. But in the meantime, yeah, you know, don't keep your guard down about the me- the immediate needs, but start thinking about how am I going to turn that water back on? And it's not just going to automatically come back on. It's not that simple, guys, right? For sure.
0: One of the other things that we were talking about kind of leading into this, Scott, was not only do you have this kind of business disruption yeah. where I can't just keep my doors open the same way that I normally have, but you've also got this group of patients that have been delaying care. They've they've been trying to figure out when it's safe to come back out, especially if, you know, elderly population. If you're if you're anybody that's at risk, you're really having to try to try to navigate this. And these are decisions that people are having to make on a daily basis around what level of risk they're comfortable with. You know. Yep. I'm sure that all of us, you know, all of our families are having to go through that kind of process where are we going to this particular gathering? Are they going to stay far enough apart from one another? Or, you know, these are conversations that my wife and I are having on a daily basis. So you're in this at-risk population group, perhaps, or, or you've just been willing to just stay away from all this stuff. And now you haven't been going to get that care that you need. And and I'm not even thinking in terms of like, you know, chronic conditions, but just, sure. Hey, I just didn't get that hip replacement yet. I put off this and whether that's because you're, you're worried about getting back out or whether it's because your, your insurance got disrupted in the middle of all this, you know, economic. Sure. So, man, there's a lot of patients out there right now that are trying to figure that out. And they're, they're going to have to get back into this, you know, the healthcare scene at some point, but you know, what, what challenges do we think that are, are ahead this year, guys? I think, again, I go back to those two layers. So on the one
1: layer, it's the doctor as a practitioner of medicine and the other as a, the doctor as a, a business person. From the perspective of the doctor as a practitioner of medicine, it is so hard to take care of people. You have to change the way that you've been taking care of people. It's not very laissez-faire anymore. There's a lot of things that need to be planned step by step. So a lot of things that you didn't plan on thinking about, like just walking into a room to say hi. You know, I mean, do I have my mask on? I mean, we all deal with this, right? When you get into the car just to go shopping. Do I have my mask on? You know, that kind of silly stuff. And you've got a lot of patients that are scared and they don't want to come in and they need care. And telehealth has definitely helped with that. Ambitory surgical centers have helped where guys were going to have to do surgery, but here's a good way to ameliorate those risks, right? So all of those things will continue to be in play, I think, in the first two quarters and hopefully <laughs> we'll hope to recede, you know, in quarter three. But that is going to still be a critical component and we're all tired. We all just want it to go back to normal. But, you know, if you think of something as simple as like, I, I want to get my teeth cleaned, I want to get my hair cut. You know, you don't clean your teeth for a while. You're going to build up plaque and you're going to build up plaque and you might need a root canal. You don't get that hip taken care of or that knee taken care of on the other end of the spectrum, right? i mean, a lot of pain, but I'll just deal with it. Well, that, it's not just pain. The joint is degrading more as well. And so there are going to be a lot of patients that are going to be desperately needing care as soon as they get that shot as soon as things tend to die down, or I just can't avoid it. And so when you take off your, how do I take care of my patient hat and put on my business hat, I go back to like, well, what are you doing to tell patients that you can take care of them? Yeah. How are yep. you explaining your processes to help keep everybody as safe as sound when they need to come in? And then later on when they want to come in. How are you telling them? What are you doing? Are you still going to employ telehealth? Have you been doing surgeries in an amatory surgical center and you need to get the word out about how and why? You know, all these things are going to be critical.
2: Yes, yeah, Scott. One one thing to think about there is just the fact that what COVID has not changed is that everyone has their own preference for how they communicate. Some still yep. prefer email, some prefer text, some prefer a phone call, and some prefer actually, you know, communicating, you know, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. And that part is always going to be a factor in doing things. And we, you know, hopefully when we're thinking about all of these things, the the things, the topics that we need to be talking about, we're also thinking about the channels. So we're also yep. realizing that we can't just put it in one place and say, Hey, we, we put it there. You know, we put it in this, in this one place, we communicated it out. And now everyone should have that. We should still assume that people have not heard it, and so let's over communicate it. Let's put it in every channel. Let's put the same thing in every channel. And I think even just a little bit of a, a a greater recognition that communications need to be rock solid. They need to be consistent. We need to be saying the same things in each of those channels. So let's not assume that it happens, and let's not assume that just because we posted it somewhere that people have heard it and are being communicated to.
0: Talking about telehealth just for a second, you, you brought that up, Scott, as you were talking through these these items. You know, I had the the immense privilege to sit in a session at HITMIC. They just went through their virtual conference this year, got to hear the fantastic Dan Dunlop and Jared Johnson was also there. He also did a good job. I'll give the kudos there. Jared, one of the things that you brought up in the midst of that presentation there was understanding the nuances of the telehealth experience. And I really found that to be a pretty fascinating topic and loved if you if you could kind of rehash that a bit for us for those that that didn't get the chance to be in the illustrious hitmic event like I was you were talking about it at, in terms of uh, telehealth isn't a differentiator like these are just expectations now and there's even some people may even be looking for something like even hybrid models to to go at this so I'd love to hear you kind of kind of talk about that a little
2: bit. Yeah, you're buttering me up pretty well here. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what we were talking about was an example from a, a colleague of mine who is in the healthcare marketing space. And she had a real example herself of uh, her daughter having a chronic condition and needing to come in on a regular basis. And part of that includes a, a height check. So something physical, you can't do that on a virtual visit. But the rest of Her visit, she would love it if that if everything else was virtual. And the reason being, this this particular colleague, she lives about two hours away from the nearest from their main pediatric hospital. Then she's only about ten minutes away from their local satellite clinic, the local Mm walk-in clinic. And so she said she was going down this road of, you know, you know, if if somebody was asking me what would be best for me, I'd say, well, look for me and probably others whose child has the same condition, we'd love to do, just go into the satellite clinic near us for the height check and then have the rest of it as a virtual visit. So I don't have to make the two hour drive just because it's not fitting in one of your existing care models. And I mean, it really, that really stuck with me. That example of a potential hybrid model, meaning Yeah, it's it's not the fact that you offer this. Everyone offers it now. (laughs) So, how can they just even do some get some feedback from other patients to say what's your preference, and can we do parts of this in in a way that part of it's virtual, part of it's in person, and and do it specifically for different treatments for different conditions? And I thought that just opened up a door to a whole new realm and the main my main takeaway, besides the thought of you know whoever latches onto this is going to really set themselves up well. It's simply the thought of of recognizing that just because you offer it doesn't mean that's the the best thing for everybody. That's still the new way of doing things. There's still a lot of education that has to happen and a lot of communication that has to explain what it's like. And that doesn't just mean, hey, click here to schedule your appointment. It's like the more education we can do around it, the better off. Patients are going to be, and the more comfortable they're going to be trying something new. The fact is, anytime we ask someone to try something new, there's some hesitancy.
1: Yeah, you're you're right, Jared. And you know, necessity is the mother of invention here, right? So, communicating, listening, so critical. Uh, you mentioned like, you know, I grouped everything into telehealth. and You just came back with, hey, a little telehealth here and a, a little in person, and the combination is. Good care, and I am hopeful that some of the positives you know that there' will be some positives out of all this. First of all I've, no one's ever no one ever thought that we'd be able to get a vaccine completed in in a year or under a year. No one ever thought that telehealth across the board would just be like yep. You can get paid for telehealth, go do telehealth. Or there are some local walk-in clinics, you know, uh, the 24-hour clinics where you don't have to go to the ER, you can come into the clinic. And some of these people, it's like, hey, we only have three ER people on staff. So you're going to come in and you're going to get seen by a nurse. So if anybody needs to sew you up or anything, we'll take care of that. And then I'm going to have a telehealth call with you because there's only three emergency room people in seven locations but we'll get you taken care of, right? All of these hybrid answers to difficult and complex situations, I hope will make medical care better in the year coming. And I think, again, you know, I go back to like different ways to take care of people, different ways to communicate. When you're on Facebook, you can communicate a message in a particular way and on your website another way, Instagram, and so on. I I'm still waiting for AOL
0: to come back, so... You know, you never know. <laughs> any day now. Any day. Any day. <laughs> Keep that, that dial up port handy. Ding ding ding. <laughs> Everybody, I always appreciate that you tune in, that you're you're listening to to the show here. I wanted to let you know that we have set up a new newsletter that you can get to at paradigmshift.health. That's paradigmshift.health. You can go there and the reason that we've got this newsletter is that we like to send out a few extra pieces of information with the show. We also have a full transcript for every single episode that we do. And we can let you know that through email. We can let you know also if we have like a good quote card to be able to show for every episode. So check that out if you'd like. ParadigmShift.health. Thanks so much. Talking about all these different channels... One of the things that we found this year, kind of going, going back to, as, as things were really kind of starting up, you know, and we're talking about all these mm-hmm. different channels that, that people are communicating, it was interesting seeing how certain channels just became so much more effective, You know, like one of the things that we do with a lot of practices is that we will work with them on their Google search campaigns. We'll, you know, help them pick the right keywords, all that fun kind of stuff. But that assumes that people are going to search for those things, right? Google has their estimates of this is how often this normally happens, but they don't have a, hey, in the event of a brand new pandemic, when everybody's freaking out over things, this will be (laughs) the new search volume. Right. So you know, everything changed. And, and if we do go through kind of another period where, you know, elective procedures shut down in certain areas, that sort of thing. I I think some of these things that we've learned this year are going to be just as relevant because a lot of practices found themselves without a good way to communicate to their patients and and especially prospective patients, because you may be able to reach out to, you know, depending on what, what your scenario is, if you have an EMR or whatever that you can use to kind of get messaging out. But if you're trying to help somebody figure out all these different you know, questions that we've brought up and you're trying to get them in the door for the first time in the midst of all this stuff, people aren't going to use those normal searches, right? They aren't going to just look up, how do I get this, this particular procedure done? So now you've got to find a different way to get that messaging out. And I, I think that's kind of one of the biggest takeaways for from this year is that you can't get so locked into one channel. And I, I know we've kind of said this in one way earlier, but not just for your current patients, but also the way that you're getting out in front of new patients. There are going to be these disruptive moments. And we're certainly nowhere near being done with disruptive moments for yep. even with COVID. And so practices have to be ready to be able to to kind of jump to other spaces. You know, Jared, one of the things that that I've heard you talk about, and I think we've discussed some before, is just how much voice search is becoming a thing. And that's something that a lot of practices that we'll end up talking to sometimes, like just trying to handle regular search is something that they struggle with. But even thinking about where voice search is going and and whether 2021 is the year where that actually really, really takes hold or whether it's five years from now, either way, like... You know what are the kinds of things that people need to be thinking about around voice?
2: It's pretty basic and and actually similar to what what you and Scott mentioned on a regular basis in terms of the the easiest way to do it is to just to ask the device, like do it yourself. you know, pretend like you're a potential patient and ask the voice device ask the smart speaker ask alexa hey da da, da 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 find my nearest you know orthopedic surgeon or you know or near me or whatever and see what shows up you see what the device tells you that's going to give your your first indicator but basically that if you realize you know most smart speakers are linked to locations data which is stuff you should be, mm. you know, keeping up to date anyway. So always keeping your your Google My Business listings up to date. Always, you know, especially around you know holidays and and when things have been changing because of COVID. If if one location, one clinic, or one part of the office is COVID patients and one is not, you know, then those are those are just essential things to have listed correctly in all of your business uh, your business listings everywhere. So. It's just one of those things that still doesn't seem to resonate a lot with folks to realize, oh, that's where that data comes from. I just thought if, yeah. you know, the Google can find stuff and it's like, well, where's Google finding stuff? It's the same way <laughs> with the Amazon ecosystem. Where is it finding stuff? Well, in your business listings, you have full control of that. And that yep. needs to be updated anyway.
0: You're right. Yeah, business listings are so not... I, I'll, I'll use the silly word of it's not sexy you know from a marketing I was thinking the same thing like i don't know what you're
1: coming up with but i'm thinking yeah it's not a sexy thing uh you're it's,
0: right. it's not the it's not the, the new hotness you know it, it's like it's kind of mundane work to do in terms of content to kind of keep up to date but man so many of these systems are now drawing from it and there, there's even rumors going around that Apple may be trying to make its own search engine, you know, all these different kinds of things. And some of these existing databases that are out there are the best sources of information for this stuff and simply getting accurate information and going back and updating it on a regular basis. Like what you're saying, Jared, like, hey, we're going to be closed Christmas Day. We're going to be closed New Year's Day. We're going to be closed, you know, that kind of stuff. It's it's such a, you could give that task to anybody in your office to get it done. So it seems like it's not that important. And yet it's so critical in patients being able to find you at the right time and find you on a variety of of devices, you know, as especially as those devices continue to get more and more diverse.
1: Yeah, you know, I I always uh, describe what you're talking about, like making sure your listings are correct as uh, it's not exciting, but it's kind of like putting primer, you know, on your walls before you paint, because if you don't do the basics, everything else is just not going to look that good or work that well. There's just a lot of things you need to think about. But now we're going down into this one little pathway of like, guys, I go back to the big picture of, and I think you said it well, over communicate, Jared, Uh, you were mentioning that earlier, over communicate, how you're taking care of your patients, how you want to bring them back and what you're going to be doing. I do think that people who are adapting well, who are listening to their patients and trying to adapt their business model or their workflow and their systems for managing patients are all very important. And, you know, it's internal communication as well. And what I mean by that is, so now you've got a whole new paradigm about what's going on inside your, your office, right? About how you're taking care of your patients, the fact that you might be going to inventory surgical centers more, but telehealth is available, etc. Everybody, please, if you're listening and you're managing a practice, train your staff. They're on the front lines. Give them the information they need. You know, the person answering the phone, if they don't know what's going on behind in those examination rooms and and how everything's being done, how are they gonna tell prospective patients on the phone or your current patients? Think about how many patients you could be losing just because you haven't trained your staff well.
0: It's funny because the concept of just communicate a lot seems very simple. (laughs) I think this year it's just really, really opened up just how hard it is to do that. There really has to be some processes in place where you're coming back to check on this on a regular basis. Even if you think that you've kind of got it set for now, you know, you kind of caught up with like the next phase of it or whatever, how quickly plans are becoming outdated. Because of you know where we're at with different diseases or, or, or just kind of the the environment at the time, like it's something that we have to keep coming back, keep checking back on this. Guys, we're getting ready to wrap up here. Anything else in terms of looking ahead this year? What medical practices should be thinking about? I think that we've covered quite a quite a bit of ground here. But anything else that we should we should throw in there to wrap up?
1: No, I I really, you know, my perspective on this is the takeaways from this conversation would be over-communicate internally and externally. Listen so you can adapt accordingly and then communicate it again and start thinking about how to bring those patients back. Start putting aside the time for that. I think it'll be critical, critical to everybody's success.
2: And I'll piggyback on that in terms of just thinking of every Potential patient, everyone we speak to as potentially somebody who's in a lot of trouble, uh, possibly in a lot of pain who one way or the other is looking for some help. And if we do all we can for every single person we communicate with, it's going to make a big difference. It really does. We see those practices who prioritize communicating and customer service and, and empathy is really what it comes down to. So, you know, not just having those things be buzzwords, but really think about them. I I think you nailed it, Michael, in terms of this is not as easy as it sounds. (laughs) It is so complex to know where people are getting their communication from, how much they trust it and so forth. So just take it one person at a time and, and uh, do our best to communicate and things will improve. All right, guys, thanks so
0: much. And as always, thank you, everyone for listening. Thanks again for tuning in to the paradigm shift of healthcare. This program is brought to you by Health Connective, custom marketing solutions for medtech and pharma. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.